From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Happy Monday, boys and girls. We are two weeks away from 2024. And I can't believe it. And I can't wait. There's going to be so much fun uh, waiting for us on the other side of 20, uh, 2024. Uh, we've got coming up the next two hours, J.J. Dawson. Uh, I've had him on the program before. He does uh, really good substacking at jjdawson.substack.com. I think he's coming to us from Australia. And second hour, first-time guest, uh, Anon, the Anon that runs Global Sovereignty Solutions dot substack.com former nasa who's expatriated to uh latin america down here with me maybe he knows something uh that we some of us don't so anyway that's lineup for today and i th i thought i would share one of his quotes from um the anon from global sovereignty solutions many people just need an example to show them how it's done. Others will follow those that show courage and speak truth. And he posted an image that said, whenever one person stands up and says, wait a minute, this is wrong, it helps other people to do the same. And I think this is uh, very true. Uh, you know, as Alex Thompson, one of my past podcast guests once said, practice saying no to petty uh, tyranny. Heck, even uh, big, tyranny some economic news uh grant cardone has said i'm not a big fan of his but um new york post reports that one real estate investor is bearing witness to the start of the industry's greatest correction he's ever seen grant cardone says quote i just want to say that we're entering the greatest real estate correction in my lifetime it's going to be a great opportunity for individuals regular everyday people to actually grab trophy real estate from institutions this has never happened in the country it's going to be at epic levels uh, end quote so take that with a grain of salt uh, i guess some algorithm ghetto news this is insane diners use pop id biometrics to order cheeseburgers cooked by ai at new restaurants so you pay with your face if you've got a good social credit uh, score at a burger restaurant with no people automated fry cooks and robots flipping patties on the grill this is the vision of a california company that will incorporate face biometrics from pop id into what a release calls the world's first fully autonomous restaurant flippy is the world's first ai powered robotic fry station designed and built by miso robotics and already installed in major u.s fast food chains such as jack in the box and it says customers will place their orders using biometric kiosks to check in via facial verification with their pop id account then watch flippy and his automated colleagues sippy and chippy prepare their food i can't wait for dystopia reclaim the net reports democrat lawmaker pushes for secure digital id this is in the u.s biometrically synced to your smartphone so basically everything we've uh, been talking about and they're slowly paving the way for, you know, the digital ID, linking it to your smartphones and bringing in the cashless system and, 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 and CBDCs, absolute uh, insanity. More good news, eyeball scanning digital ID company WorldCoin integrates with Reddit, Telegram, 
uh, and more, such as Minecraft, Shopify, Mercado Libre, which is uh, the eBay of all of Latin America. We're on our way, folks. We are on our way to the algorithm ghetto and stop common pass, which is a great Telegram uh, Twitter account out there in the UK. Uh, they pay, posted a story about uh, how BT plots role in digital successor to ID card scheme. And get this, total shock. Move comes as increased migration and fraud push identity verification into the spotlight. Who, who would have thunk it? So they open the gates, uh, flood in the illegal migrants and say, hey, this is a problem. Um, we, we, we need to solve this. Hey, digital ID, digital ID and you know digital payments and all that jazz. So that's going on uh, also. Global boiling, it's so cold, um, it's so hot, it's so cold. Uh, severe cold fronts have extended their grip over the majority of China, sending temperatures plunging below freezing and breaking historic extreme low records in multiple places. I'm glad I'm not living uh, any longer in Kazakhstan or Mongolia. Mongolia, which has Ulaanbaatar as capital, the, the, the coldest capital uh, on the planet. So global boiling, folks, global boiling and so much cyber polygon news. Israel-linked hacker group behind major cyber attack on Iran's petrol stations, knocking 70% of Iran's petrol stations offline. Meanwhile, you've got Washington County's computer systems uh, having been the target of what Officials say is a continuing cyber attack that began on Friday. Tens of thousands of attempts to log into their servers were detected. Uh, you've also got Russian hacker group Lockbit claiming responsibility for a major ransomware ransomware attack that has hit public bodies in Italy. It, things are just really heating uh, up here. Uh, absolute insanity. So you want to prepare while you can uh, also there's a report that BRICS teases big move for 2024 is the world ready after an ambitious expansion at their 2023 summit BRICS nations are hinting at a major announcement for 2024 sparking widespread speculation and interest didn't I say 2024 is going to be an absolutely wild ride uh, all right if you ever miss your favorite TNT radio show or interview you can always listen back or now you can uh, watch them back whenever you want. Just hop over to tncradio.live and check out the episodes section. We're also on all the podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and so forth. Uh, there's no reason to miss anything on TNT Radio. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to reports from multiple outlets, the Israeli military has developed plans to invade neighboring Lebanon with the intent to push back the Shiite militant group Hezbollah, which has been launching cross-border attacks on Israel in recent weeks. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Wow, a lot of what's going on. We got Hamas, we got Hezbollah, we got the Houthis. There's a lot of H-named resistance uh, groups out there, rebel fighters that may or may not be terrorists. Uh, and apparently uh, there is some um, an axis of resistance taking place, as it were, 
um, a coalition between some of these groups, in particular Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, did you guys know uh, that it was on December 4th, Hamas put out a call for recruitment inside Lebanon, uh, which, of course, concerns some politicians there uh, saying, how dare you step on our national sovereignty and whatnot. But regardless, um, I did a little research for this one, Harori. Apparently, the relations between Hamas and Hezbollah have actually resumed in recent years after there was once a schism over the civil war that took place in Syria. But they've been making amends. In fact, um, as far as Hezbollah is concerned, they're maintained dominance in South Lebanon for decades. But Israeli officials, they're getting concerned. They've recently said they can no longer accept the presence of the group or particularly their elite al-Radwan units on Israel's northern border. So we have Hamas stepping up plans to recruit from within. We have this issue with Hezbollah. I'm not the least bit surprised that we're seeing these reports. These reports are coming from both The Times and Newsweek, and they both cited IDF spokesman Jonathan Conricus. And according to these reports, um, let's see, Israel and Hezbollah have seen increasing exchanges of fire since the outbreak of the latest Israeli-Palestinian conflict in October. Uh, with the October 7th surprise attack. Uh, that attack left some 1,200 people dead and saw the kidnapping of over 200 hostages. Obviously, since then, we've seen Israel's ruthless bombing campaign in Gaza, which has since then killed more than 18,700 people, according to local health officials, with some groups saying that we're looking at 20,000 or more. The Lebanese militant group, the aforementioned Hezbollah, has come out in support of Hamas. However, the group's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, has said they will not launch a major offensive against Israel unless it was provoked or Hamas was on the verge of defeat. Apparently, it is in Hezbollah's interest to see Hamas succeed. Nevertheless, the IDF has decided it can no longer accept the looming threat posed by Hezbollah and has allegedly developed a plan to invade southern Lebanon to push the militant group up north to the Litani River, according to the Times. Uh, Israel is concerned Hezbollah could potentially launch a similar attack as to the one seen on October 7th, uh, but this one would take place in the north of Israel, and that is according to a senior IDF officer left unnamed who spoke with the Times. The Israeli doctrine is therefore, quote, to take the war to the other side, end quote. Conricus said, according to the paper, that the IDF, quote, has approved plans and defined schedules for readiness, end quote. Uh, now, Newsweek similarly reported that Cornicus told journals, journalists that while there is a, quote, window of opportunity for peace, end quote, Israeli forces are, quote, unquote, prepared to keep Israeli citizens safe. He reportedly said, quote, just as we are now dismantling Hamas in Gaza and going about making sure that there won't be a military threat against Israelis living in southern Israel, we will do the same thing if needed against Hezbollah, end quote. Uh, and then I had some bits here from RT. Uh, they had an exclusive interview last week uh, speaking to Hezbollah spokesman Haji Mohammed Afif uh, said that they plan to, quote, maintain the current pace of the war, end quote, which it described as one of, quote, support and solidarity with the Palestinian people, end quote. So, Arvori, I think we're really, really uh, escalating at this point, don't you? This is, this is pretty wild to me. Like, they, they're going to invade Lebanon? Come on. 
Hey, but they tell me they they tell me uh, don't be so black pilled, right? Don't be white pilled. Don't be so black pilled. You know everything's going great. Uh, you know it's just I'm sorry we're reading um, the the signals uh, and you know so far we've been extrapolating I think pretty accurately. Uh, ruckus! It's you know things are just popping off uh, everywhere, popping off in the red Red Sea, you know on 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 the maritime um routes all around the planet uh, things are you know as you, as you mentioned escalating into a wider war everyone needs it uh, if you ask me the the debt uh you know we're reaching the debt bubble the chinese need it um europe uh north america uh everyone could use war to you know thin the herd a bit um and you know i'll blame the economic collapse on you know to have a scapegoat for the economic uh, collapse and i think many parties uh, as you're outlining israel uh, iran lebanon i think they're carefully calculating every move now going forward because you know it's it's where it's like we're, they're all in a, in a minefield right now and one wrong move could set things off and everyone is carefully calculating they, their steps um and um it's it's just crazy the directions we're, we're going to be headed uh i think and um yeah I, this is why i say 2024 for many reasons is going to be crazy the whole cyber polygon stuff that they're going to bring about the cyber uh cyber attacks the economic situation i think we're just going to see wars widening and new wars um starting and uh also regarding israel just a few other stories that were interesting that I uh came across uh you know the uh Dr Mansour Almar Zoki uh political scientist or and he was interviewed for going underground he says it seems like there's a systematic effort to force all Palestinians to the Egyptian borders as a first step towards displacing them forcibly into uh Egypt so you know what's happening in in Lebanon is related to some of the plans uh, Tel Aviv has regarding Palestinians you know pushing them into Egypt and uh you know this project of the the, the greater uh Israel uh I think your further thoughts Ruckus yeah it's just it's getting it's getting way it's getting too complicated for me to keep track of who the players are in all of this because I'm like I gotta I gotta learn everything I can now about Hamas and then uh, before I can finish that now I gotta learn everything I can about Hezbollah and then the news again, Houthis are, are stirring things up in the Red Sea. We have like, uh, it's affecting the price of oil now. I mean, so I'm like, wow, I really got to brush up on my Middle Eastern geopolitics and understand what's about to happen. But I, it really feels like um, like these axes of powers are being built around the, the concept of a, a pending World War Three. Like we had the axis of evil and the the powers or whatever they were called during World War II and all that, right? And now we're seeing the people in the um, in the Middle Eastern world are split, um, creating military coalitions based on um, not politics but religious um, fundamental beliefs, and that's where it gets scary. That I mean, that's apocalyptic kind of stuff, man. You know, it's the, we're we're definitely in a different era. Um, what a time to be alive, Rory. And and what you say it's no exaggeration. You you know you need to have a flow chart now to figure out because because it's not just you know Hamas and Hezbollah. It's it's who's backing them. They have multiple backers, uh, covert you know deep politics here. I saw over the weekend an article from 2020 from you know, a mainstream article from 2020, you know Heretz or something, 
um, talking about how a Mossad head was telling Qatar, I think it was Qatar, to keep funding Hamas. So you've got, you know, Israel funding Hamas, telling them to have Qatar keep funding Hamas. And it's just, you need a flowchart at this point. Uh, all right, Ruckus, thanks for that. We'll catch up with you in a bit. We got JJ Dawson of jjdawson.substack.com coming on to talk corporatism, globalism, uh, and more. Feel free to call in uh, and we'll be right back. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live. All right, it's been a couple months, but I like to get JJ on to get um, an update from him. I very much enjoy his Substack, jjdawson.substack.com. I recommend people bookmark it, uh, subscribe to it, uh, and whatnot. And you'll find him on Twitter X at RealJJDawson. How's it going, JJ? Hi, Vore. Uh, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here again. I'm uh, I'm keeping my camera off, so apologies to the listeners who are watching. Um, unfortunately, some of us do have to keep our identities concealed in this in this foul year of our Lord, 2023. Yeah, no worries. You know the the whole cancel culture thing, and it's it's all right. I, I shaved, so um, I look a little slightly less. Um, uh, uh, ugly than than usual, but uh, I, I, you know, I, you've got a great Substack with uh, I think deep insights, very well written, and I, I read one of your recent pieces on you will comply and you'll be happy. The rise of the career woman and why troublesome men are no longer needed by the machine, and uh, you know, you, you work in a, in a corporate environment, and y your experience as I was reading it. Um, I recalled because I used to work in a corporate environment and I had some of the same uh, stuff going on. I think you were talking about a course you had to take and then you're running through it at, at, at double speed. Uh, I was doing the same thing <laughs> where I was working. But, you know, your latest thoughts on this uh, and the corporatocracy. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> where do I start? Um, as I mentioned in my piece, you know, these these corporate compliance modules are, are nothing new. And, uh, you know, it, it, in the past, 
you know, you, you go through it and you, you do your tax stuff and you do your um you do your share trading stuff, you do your all the sort of statutory obligations that the company is is required to to ensure that its employees complete. But then there's also the um there's also the slightly more uh socially orientated stuff. You know, one of those being sexual harassment and discrimination. And um, you know, up until this point, those modules I'd always experienced as, you know, a little bit tiresome, a little bit trite. Uh, you know, you try and get through them as quickly as possible. But I always found they were quite reasonable, you know. It was it was like, you know, we don't want to discriminate against anyone on the basis of sex or, or race or sexual orientation, you know, and and there was always a a logical and and kind of a, a reasonable tone to it all. So you you know you 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 do the quizzes and and you get all the right answers and you pass your compliance module and and you're like well you know most of that was just common sense but I suppose you know it's a box ticking exercise. But this year you know they slotted in this piece um, and I would encourage anyone uh, interested to to read the article that that Ravore just mentioned. Uh, this year it took on a, a sinister new tone and 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 I felt uh, the, the entire the entire process had shifted towards towards a very political kind of messaging. So the we'll we'll jump straight to the uh, the part of the module that 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 really um, uh caused me to write this article uh were, i mean first they started with this claim this 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 big uh axiomatic claim that 80 percent of women will experience sexual 89 percent of women will experience sexual harassment and they didn't source this and it reminded me of uh of the one in five figure which which they pulled out you know around the time of the me too movement you know one in five women on U.S. college campuses, will will be raped or will be sexually uh, assaulted, and you know, it, of course, it, anyone who who followed that story will know that it subsequently turned out that the study was flawed. Uh, one of the one of the key things about that study was it was actually it was it was self-selecting, so so they didn't just randomly pick you know a, a statistically significant sample of the population and say you know have you been sexually assaulted at college. They they offered it up to people who who wanted to 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 take the uh, the survey, so that immediately skews skews the data towards people who who sort of have an axe to grind, right? So anyway, that whole thing was debunked. The one in five figure, you know, twenty percent of women in college are not raped or sexually assaulted, and it just reminded me immediately of that. You know, where do they get this ninety percent figure from? We've gone from twenty percent to ninety percent. It wasn't sourced in the compliance module at all. There, there was no there was no data set behind it. But I went on to complete the quiz, and and in the quiz there was this question: you know, how do we? What, what is the best way to decrease instances of sexual harassment in the workplace? And uh, one of the there were there were four there were four options, and you, you got to select one or or four of them if you wanted. The first one was more, more women and people from underrepresented groups in leadership positions. Second one was listening to the targeted person and referring them on to appropriate support. 
The third was provide training for team leaders and management to effectively deal with reported instances. And the fourth was do nothing and hope the issues go away. I selected numbers two and three, but um, I, was, I was told that I was incorrect. And I had to go back and recomplete re the module. But they, of course, give you the right answer so that you can then select the right answer. And the right answer was, of course, the best way to reduce instances of sexual harassment in the workplace is more women and people from underrepresented groups in leadership positions. So I went back and uh, dutifully selected the correct answer. And then I got a big green tick on my compliance module and a thumbs up and a congratulations. And I passed the test and I was compliant. And uh, that that's what uh, motivated me to, to write this, this latest article because it really is just an example of, of the, the the slow creep of indoctrination coming down through the through the woke corporate superstructure through uh, through the ESG matrix into companies and and right on down to the you know to the factory floor where they no longer want you to just be aware of of the differences between people and treat each other with respect. They want you to think a certain way about how the world should be structured, about structured, about how companies should be structured, and and it it's it's starting to feel very much like um like a, a you know the Marxist dialectic. You know if if we if we can get more of the right kind of people into positions of authority, we can make the world a perfect place. I mean, it's so Orwellian. You know, it's they want to get you to love big brother you know if you read 19 or, or 1984 um where he gives the wrong answer and, and they they want you to eventually give the right wrong answer and really believe it and that that's kind of what it sounds like uh and you know what about um equality equity you know whatever it is that they say now you get you know if you talk about we should have mostly women working now if that's what they're saying well that's not you know equal we should have 50 percent men and 50 percent women but now they're saying they should and, and you know now that i'm thinking uh, back to uh the corporate environment that i worked at and you know i'm still um i still talk to people who work there and you can still follow stuff online it just seems like i'm seeing more and more women are um running the show again nothing wrong with women running the show but we've gotten to a point where this is now a weapon used by uh the globalists i mean we've crossed the, the rubicon to the other extreme here um i think and this is a worldwide thing it's not just something that's happening uh you know in your neck of the woods I, i'm seeing it here in mexico it's happening in the us europe um other parts of latin america most likely and so this is a global uh agenda we're gonna jump to our headlines real quick now tnt radio news Show how it's done let's go i, I got news for you News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Former President Donald Trump recently criticized the Biden administration's handling of Middle Eastern affairs, arguing that the current situation is out of control. The Financial Times has reported that the European Union is contemplating the suspension of Hungary's voting rights due to its opposition to a 50 billion euro financial aid package for Ukraine. The UK government is committed to investing 2 billion pounds over the next 15 years to advance 11 significant green hydrogen projects marking the largest such initiative in Europe to date. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're talking to J.J. Dawson of jjdawson.substack.com. Do subscribe uh, and follow him on Twitter, X at Real J.J. Dawson, talking about his recent experience in the corporate globalist uh, world, taking these modules that one is forced to take. I used to take stuff like this when I was working at the Tech Demo today here in Mexico, um, one of the top uh, schools and universities that is de facto globalist. It's actually linked to the World Economic forum and you know more and more they've increased when it comes to the modules that you're forced to take every semester or quarter they've just gotten more and more radical uh, i've had friends tell me recently that um they're talking about toxic masculinity now in the courses trying to re-educate people on that um that m the majority of the students in my former uh place of employment are are, are, are feminists uh, and I'm wondering at some point, JJ, if in the modules things will start to appear like, uh, are are you eating the correct, uh, in your diet, are you including the correct percentage of, of bugs, crickets, uh, <laughs> worm protein? Um, and, you know, I, I was, I, I was this weekend, I was hanging out with a, uh, for, uh, former colleague of mine, uh, Mexican, he's, he's still working there. He, he, we were, he was reminiscing on COVID times where you were forced to take a daily test on your smartphone about uh, COVID. Like if you were feeling ill or not, a questionnaire, and then you'd have to scan your phone in with a QR code to enter the campus. And I was telling my friend, like if I had been working there at the time, I would have deliberately gone into the campus without my phone and said, I, I don't have my phone. I can't scan in. They wouldn't let me in. And then yeah. the students would be there in the class without the teacher, which is a big problem. I would have literally done stuff like that. I would have gotten fired because there's no way I would have complied with that. Yes. stuff but um you know your further thoughts um what this all means you you talk about in the article that the rockefeller foundation bankrolled the second wave feminist movement which it no doubt did and you conclude saying the mandarins of the new world order at the wef world economic forum have set the agenda and as the slogan goes the future is female yeah and uh, I wanted to talk about the Rockefeller Foundation and my thoughts around that. Just quickly circling back to what you said about, uh, you know, about it's no longer about 50-50. It, it's about, you know, ha having a, a majority of women. It actually um, reminded me of something that Ruth Bader Ginsburg said when asked, uh, you know, uh, she was asked, when when will there be enough women on the Supreme Court? And she actually said, when there's nine. <laughs> so, so that really is a lot of the thinking uh, you know, coming from from the more radical types at, at the top of the stack here. Um, but it is a fact that in the 60s and the 70s, the Rockefeller Foundation bankrolled the feminist movement. And, and you know, the, the upshots of that were kind of twofold, as I, I lay out in my essay. And the, the first one obviously being that the uh, the tax base for the government doubled because suddenly you had twice as many workers so that that's great for the government because it allows them to uh, you know to to increase the money supply to to fund the forever wars and and underwrite the ever expanding uh, global uh, debt bubble. 
which is underwritten by all of our labor and 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 indeed the future labor of our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren but it also has a a, a benefit for the uh, the private sector and in, in, in that it allowed uh, it allowed them to basically permanently stagnate wage growth so with with the with the sudden oversupply of labor um you know they're able to pay everyone less and and, and if you look at the charts uh, there has been no real wage growth since since they did that, and and it's 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 no coincidence either in my mind that that's right around the time Nixon took us off the gold standard, and and this whole fractional reserve banking bubble really started to to gain some steam, you know. So so those are sort of the, the practical uh, monetary fiscal implications. Of, of of what's going on with with creating this this gigantic propaganda narrative that that women must have careers and women must work and 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 they must enter the workforce as soon as possible and, and pack their kids off to um to early uh, childhood education uh, which is run by the government which is effectively just part of the indoctrination system um but I, I think there's also a a more sinister intention behind it and let me just say at the outset I've, I've got no problem with women being in the workforce I'm all for it uh, with the proviso that that's what they truly want from their lives and not just something that they've been brainwashed into thinking by by the constant messaging in the media and through Hollywood and every other one of our institutions that 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 the best thing a woman can do with her life is is to to have a career and 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 to not have kids which is more and more the messaging we're seeing so to me and i've been seeing this happening for a long time and i can i can sense it in the workplace at least for the last 10 years i believe they want more women in positions of leadership because of the fact that on balance women are more agreeable trait trait agreeableness is a you know it's, it's a well-documented uh, uh field of study and jordan peterson and others have discussed it at length uh men tend to be less agreeable they you know that they're, they're more likely to ask for pay rises and we, we already talked about the fact that they don't want to pay us more than they have than they absolutely have to women are less inclined to question authority uh and you know that's not all women but but you know if if you look at if you look at the data on balance it, it does tend to skew that way and and so to me it, it's it's quite obvious what what does a machine that is interested in 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 centralized dogmatic globalistic monolithic control of everything what kind of traits would they want in in their gatekeepers in their middle management positions in their executive positions and indeed on their boards of directors agreeable people people who aren't going to question the program people who are going to go along with it i mean apart apart from the simple mathematics which we discussed the benefits for the government and and the private sector in 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 flooding the workforce with labor which again is part of this public private partnership or stakeholder capitalism as klaus schwab calls it um apart from that i i i think there's there's a very, very practical reason for want, wanting to to staff your institutions with women and i think it's because on balance they're more compliant and and look that's that's 
you, people would call me a misogynist for saying that. <laughs> I, I love women and I love the fact that that men and women balance each other out. You know, we're not the same. Uh, you know, we we were created differently to fulfill different roles within the family unit. And, and that's fine, you know. There's nothing wrong with the fact that we have different attributes and different traits. But the machine doesn't want, the machine no longer wants wants troublesome men, as I as I say in in, in the um in the headline of my article. Because troublesome men question authority, they come up with different ideas, they're ambitious, they look to supplant their mediocre bosses, and the machine loves to staff its middle management and its executive uh strata with mediocrities because mediocrities go along with the program people think people think the the boards and the executive teams of companies run, run things they don't run things they're the gatekeepers they they administer the program set by blackrock by the un by the world economic forum they're just administrative people and the best type of administrators are mediocrities midwits who don't question the program who don't question authority who don't innovate who go along and say yes sir yes sir no sir so i mean i'm not saying all women are like that i'm saying because of the the skew towards trait agreeableness in females it makes more sense for a machine interested in in centralized control to have more women in positions of leadership so when we're told in our compliance modules that the best way to stop instances of sexual harassment in the workplace is to put more women in positions of leadership and if anyone can tell me how that will actually stop sexual harassment, I'm all ears. <laughs> it's not because the company or, or the corporate machine has any interest in preventing sexual harassment. It's because they want more compliant administrators in their machine. And and, and just to add, I think also, if, if you have more women working in the corporate world, that means a lot less babies and families, which Correct. serves the the um the population uh, agenda and this you know you, you're, you're reminding me of my experience where uh, i was teaching international relations at uh, the university here in mexico seven years and um the direct department directors would frequently change and when there was a female that, that was on um the director for a while um she actually fired me or took away my courses didn't assign me any courses at the university mm. for one or two semesters until she was promoted and moved on and a male came back but she basically i think because i was non-compliant in 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 right think right i was teaching um conspiracy theory and you know i think that's a perfect example um and you know compliance isn't a bad thing if you're working if you have a good government or a government that functions uh, more or less you know does more good things than bad things or you're in a work environment where you've got a great company and great bosses compliance isn't necessarily a bad thing you know we're like the church that i attend you know it's it's largely governed pretty good and i'm happily complying with a lot of the stuff that we do um yeah so that's not a bad trait you know when you talk about women but the problem now is when there's this diabolical globalist agenda that's attempting to be implemented and it's got all the rainbows and unicorns you know sdgs 17 sdgs with all the rainbow colors it looks amazing who who wouldn't want you know yeah. world peace la 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 and pe people have no idea that it's the opposite what they're really trying to do and so the people that get fooled by it they, they want to be compliant and, and as you say maybe uh women are more compliant uh 
on 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 that we're gonna jump um to our break real quick and, and you end the article saying the future is safety and kindness and i love the ai generated uh image it's kind of <laughs> freaky uh, but it says the future is sustainable but most importantly the future is compliant and i think you you really nail it the, the future is compliant that's what they want but we need to do the opposite of of that when it comes to the anti-human things that they want us to do and, and and in many cases illegal uh immoral and unethical um you know things that they want us to comply with so the uh substack again is jj dawson.substack.com twitter x J, uh, real jj dawson you can leave a question for jj in the interactive live chat over at tntradio.live uh, shoot me a mail through my contact form uh, or even call in we'll be right back with his expert analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy shea stop letting leftists set the agenda stop letting them turn nothing burgers into the most pressing issues of the day Stop letting them use words like inclusion, equity, fairness, and diversity as cudgels to beat you into submission. Stop bowing, stop scraping, stop bending the knee, and stop giving them what they desire, an abject apology, assuring them that they'll get their way and everything will be fine. Because it won't be fine. That won't be the last complaint. Every time you submit to them, you encourage them. You give them more fuel for their next attack, and it will go on for decades. The Onondaga Nation complained to Syracuse University about the Saltine Warrior mascot in 1978, and here we are, 45 years later, the Onondaga Nation is complaining to Liverpool High School about using Warriors as their athletic mascot. For 45 years it was fine, but now all of a sudden in 2023 it's not. Stop giving in to this culture of destruction. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments, we turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide the news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. So many journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I'm naked at this street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Surtout que je m'y attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom.
Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio TNT. Time is flying. It's our final segment here with JJ Dawson of jjdawson.substack.com. I'm subscribed to the stack and I uh, very much enjoy um, every new musing by JJ. And I, I, I wanted to get to some of your uh, also recent uh, stacks. One of them was club a koala to death and save the planet. The incoherent ideology of the progressive woke is not left wing. It is simply the blueprint for globalist tyranny. And then I also want to get to, uh, in the time that we have left, um, some, some white, a white pill here. You write, uh, this published today, three conversations I've had recently that suggest the tide is turning, but you know, your, your thoughts on this blueprint for globalist tyranny, the green agenda, how it's, going you've got you know apparently german farmers are now rebelling i had a guest on rene de, de Vries. uh he's a canadian he's a dutch canadian and political candidate for the Pe people's party of canada with maxime bernier and and he he feels that the tide is turning in the netherlands um uh, so your thoughts on on some of the man the great reset madness that continues yeah, sure. The koala thing was close to my heart, and anyone who reads that article, <clears throat> which has another wonderful AI-generated image, by the way, I've been using that quite a lot recently. AI is not all bad. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, as I say in the article, I, I'm an animal lover, and in that sense, you could call me uh, a conservationist. Uh, and and you know, I lay out in, in that article, you know, the traditional tenets of leftism, which you know, which are you know, a concern for workers' rights, you know, uh, you know, be, being tolerant of alternative lifestyles, uh, you know, fairness, equality, and indeed a concern for the natural environment and the creatures who, who, who rely on it to survive. Um, in that, in, you know, in, in that sense, you could say I've got some left-wing views, you know, because I want to conserve the environment. I, I, I don't agree with, with, with um, plowing down thousands of hectares of of core animal habitat to make to make way for even for urban development where possible, uh, but but it's not even urban development. I mean, they are doing that and destroying koala habitat here in Australia, but um, but now what they're doing is is they're wiping out thousands of hectares of of core koala habitat to put up these wind turbines, wind turbines which create a trickle of the energy of fossil fuel uh, or, or nuclear fuel, uh, and um, and the the incoherence of this argument here is is that the modern what we call the modern left and this is why I, i'm always saying we have to stop saying the left because it's not the left as we as most of us traditionally understand it you know if you were to say what's a left-wing person you know you'd probably list off the the uh, the, the tenets that that i just spoke about before and what one of them is is a is a concern for for conservation and you know and and for all all god's creatures uh, but um, what what they're doing up in Queensland at the moment, where where probably the the bulk of the koalas in, in Australia live, is is they're clearing all this land to, to put up these wind turbines, and and the specified method for dealing with the koalas who get made homeless by this development is to euthanize them using a hammer by way of a sharp blow to the back of the skull, and this came out in a um in a uh, in an official government document and it was exposed and spoken about on on some uh, more conservative leaning uh, channels here in australia 
But, you know, I was I was enraged at this on a personal level, but the, the, then I, I, I took that and spun it into the art, article because it illustrates for me perfectly the incoherence of, of, of the woke ideology, which, which a lot of people refer to as, as leftism. But, but I don't I don't see it as leftism in the traditional sense of the word. I've written extensively about how I think the corporate machine some decades ago co-opted leftism and, and, and sort of put it on and, and now wears it as a skin suit, as a way of legitimizing itself, especially to the younger generations who, who are all about, you know, kindness and fairness and equality. But, you know, if anyone can tell me what, what is traditionally left wing, about bashing koalas on the back of the head to put up these useless pieces of junk which break down, burn out, and and just look hideous, by the way, uh, and and will never supply the energy needs that are required, uh, then, well, I, I'm all ears. And, and you know, it, it, it goes back to the, to, to the old sticking point, you know. None of them want to discuss nuclear energy. Uh, new generation nuclear energy is is safe you know it, it can be done safely if, if it's managed properly and if it's constructed properly but they don't want that because it's not actually about creating energy and creating a sustainable future you know nu nuclear fuel is nuclear energy is clean when, when it's when it's managed properly and, and i actually have no problem with fossil fossil fuels either i mean i, I think ideally it would be better if, if we had less you know car exhaust and you know i don't mind electric vehicles and all that but but the point I make in the article is this is not actually about energy. It's it, it's about it's about creating this this new control system, whereby the the population of the Earth will be immiserated, and and impoverished through yeah. Through let, a lack let me read that quote. You you write here quote sustainable energy is not the end game. The end game is an impoverished and subservient underclass of modern day peasants, an underclass that encircles the Earth and is hobbled so hobbled by its own misery and poverty that it hasn't a hope in hell of deposing its thin stratum of over overlords um you know at, at least if they would have made koala burgers or something but um it's you know just just over, last week they reported that breathing now contributes to global boiling meanwhile in china they have historic um right uh freezing records of of cold uh and it's you know i keep saying everywhere um peter saying unj uh, released his latest clip that uh, the, the housing, you know, 16 million plus um, young Americans now are being priced out of the market. It's all, it's, you, I mean, that paragraph sums it up with what you write, that it's it's about neo-feudalism. That's all it comes down to, all of this stuff. It's about, it's, uh, you know, the, the, as you mentioned, the renewables I've had on, um, scientists uh, working in the energy field, and they say the same thing, that um wind and, and solar it's a complete sham uh, it's never going to work to replace fossil fuels and it's all about wiping out the middle class and bringing in this new feudalism and we're down to about four minutes to midnight a little more uh jj and you know any thoughts on that as well as your thoughts on the tide turning you mentioned tim pool recently uh how he's spent a large part of the year declaring adamantly that we are winning that more and more people are waking up to the gross abuses of our ruling elite and shunning their uh, previously held faith in the system seems that the white pill attitude has certainly gained ascendance over the black pill disposition of late uh you cite james Lindsay as well your your, your further thoughts 
Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to round out the year with a white pill, you know, because uh, you know I have, a, I have a tendency to get black pilled in my writing from time to time, and 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 when you see what's going, in, I hundred percent agree with you. It, it is about neo feudalism, and if if it was about creating abundant clean energy, we'd just do do nuclear. But it's not all hope lost, you know. And and uh, I, I've had my issues with Tim Pool in the past. Uh, it annoys me the way he refuses to acknowledge the vaccine issue and, and various other things around the 2020 election. However, I do tend to agree with him that the tide may be turning. Um, you know, and and I just it's it's more of it's more of a gut feeling that I get. And anecdotally speaking, from conversations I've had with people, I mentioned three of them in my most recent article, which was published today. The most significant one probably being, and this is where I referenced Lindsay. Um, you know, he he, say, he he says that sort of jerking people out of the matrix and 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 awakening them to what is going on, you know, it, it's not easy. Uh, but what what you can do, what individuals can do, and I, I think often individuals on our side of the fence feel quite disempowered. Um, and you know, I, I had a friend ask me, you know, what can I do? He was actually talking about the whole Gaza thing, and this this was what actually activated him. This was a guy who'd never been political. You know, he was just a music producer enjoying his life. But the whole Gaza thing, because he'd just recently become a father, really upset him. And he sort of, he, he was looking around for answers and, and trying to untangle the mess and figure out what was going on. And he came to me because I, he knew I was into politics. And that's what James Lindsay called in, in the talk that I referenced, being a landing pad for people. He says, you know, what what we individuals can do is is be there for people who have questions, you know. Be a landing pad is what he says, and when they come to you, you, you can say, "Well, look, this, this, this thing you're talking about—it's like this other thing." And I had a friend come to me recently. This is the guy who got activated by the whole Gaza thing. But you see, that led him off down a rabbit hole. And so, you know, the machine wants him activated and upset by Gaza. You know, it, it wants him in a in a state of flux and 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 disorientation. But but they can't always control what effect that's going to have on people. So my friend got taken off down the rabbit hole. Next thing you know, he's 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 asking questions about the you know the, the global monetary system, the fractional reserve banking system. I put him onto the creature from Jekyll Island. Just the other night, he he sends me this video of Julian Assange uh, talking about how the Afghanistan war was just just a means of of basically ripping off the taxpayers of the United States and funneling money offshore so they could launder it and then put it back into their own pockets. And he he literally said to me, "Do you know anything about this idea? I don't understand it." And it just, it, this was literally hours after I'd finished listening to Lindsay's talk in which he says, these people will come to you and say, I don't understand this. Can you please explain it to me? And you can be a landing pad for them. And I don't believe that was a coincidence, you know, because mere hours later, he came to me and spoke those exact words. I don't understand this. So mm -hmm. I was able to be that landing pad. And I said, I, I said to him basically, well, you know, it's, it's, it's true. And I just sort of explained a few of my thoughts on, on the way they manage these wars and funnel all these tax dollars offshore to, to then put into slush funds and do God knows what with. And he immediately equated that to Ukraine and to Gaza. And he said, so, so they can do that with Ukraine and Gaza as well. And I said, absolutely. What do you think they're doing right now? And, uh, you know, through, through that process of being that landing pad, he's, he's now educating himself, expanding his ideas on it, and he can now be that landing pad for others. You know, so I, I think that's positive and it does suggest mm -hmm. the tide's turning. We're out of time. Thank you so much, uh, JJ. I, I think I, I, I have the blessing of when I talk to people 
I can show a photo with me and Ed Griffin, or if it's Bilderberg, I've got a photo with me, Daniel Estelin, or myself and Ron Paul. So that adds a little bit more uh, uh, oomph there. But thank you, JJ. Have a great Christmas uh, and New Year, and talk to you soon.